0: Jesus! So excited to be in Georgia. Can you help me just acknowledge the incredible leadership of the Divine Conference with the entire Franklin Prescott family. I honor you so much. I thank you for who you are in the kingdom. I do not take it lightly that you have entrusted me with this incredible body of women. I've been studying and I've been praying. I believe that God has a word for us. Did anybody come for a word? This is not the kind of conference you come to if you want to be entertained. When you invest in a conference like this, it's because you know that you know that you know that you need to hear from God. That your world is depending on a touch from God. Is anybody crazy like that? Where they will invest in a conference and take off a word? Because I'm just that desperate to hear from my Savior. I'm just that hungry. My marriage needs a breakthrough. My child touch from God, if he doesn't do it, it cannot be done,
1: and that's why we're here,
0: because we want to tap into the divine, I'm going to jump into the word, I'm going to be reading out of Luke 8, verse, I love you child, I paid her to do that, (laughs) I'm gonna be in Luke 8 and 47. Can you all just help me? My best friend is here and I just happened to be married to him. Can you just help me love on my husband who's supporting on me today? I love you, baby. That's my boo thing. Okay, focus. All right, Luke 8, verse 47. I'm gonna read out of the New King James Version and my text begins, it says, Now, when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came from, oh, I lied. I lied. I'm verse 49. It's all right, guys. God knows my heart. Luke 8 and 49. Okay. It says, while he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Do not be afraid, only believe, and she will be made well. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, Do not weep, she is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called, saying, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. My subject, for those of you who like to take notes, is Girl, Get Up. Girl, get up. Spirit of the living God, we just invite you into every corner of this environment. God, we ask that your spirit would permeate our excuses, that it would tear down our walls, that it would see past our facade, and that it would touch the innermost core of our being. God, we came because we must hear from you. We're trying to tap into our divinity when humanity tells us that we're less than. God, we are divine. We believe that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So God, I'm asking that you would allow for this word to be a reflection of your daughters. That they would hear something in this message that unlocks who you've called them to be. That you would stir up the gifts and allow fresh oil, creativity, and strategy that they may leave this place and win again and breathe again and have peace again. Because that's the kind of God that I serve. And that's what he does when he steps in a room. And so as for me, God, I ask that there would be no nerves, no anxiety, just your spirit, your oil standing tall on the inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You all can be seated and get comfortable and pray for my feet. And that I can hold my stomach in because I forgot my spank. So this is going to be short and sweet. Amen. Amen. This message... Girl, get up is kind of near and dear to my heart and not just because it's how I wake my daughter up around April in the school year. I don't know if you're like me, but like when school starts in August, I am like that mom. I pack the snacks before night. I make breakfast in the morning, like a full-on breakfast, like eggs, bacon, pancakes, anything you want. By April, she's gotten on my nerves. And I'm like, girl, get up. You've rolled over so many times. It's time for you to get out of the bed. I like to call that version of myself Eve. It's all right, guys. Um, Eve... Feeds her children cereal for dinner, not for breakfast, for dinner. Um. Oh, yeah, she's really, she's really a shaky individual, that Eve that's down on the inside of me. Um, She's not pleasant when she goes to the gym, when she sees the girl who's back there running and her ponytail's all swinging. And she's having a full-on conversation while I can barely get past three on the treadmill. Eve, Eve, down in me, rolls her eyes at her. She's really... Sketchy, God is still working on me, and um, he's working on me in such a way that he has even made me become more comfortable with this idea of Eve. I don't know if you are like me, but Eve and I, we've had a, we've had a struggled, a strained relationship. Um, I love Ruth. I love Esther. I love Mary. Um, but Eve, Eve and I, we struggled for a long time. Because Eve just had one job. (laughs) We were all vegan. I'm sure we had six packs and God just told Eve to do one thing. And Eve failed miserably. And for a long time, we, we've we struggled, she and I. And God has really convicted me about Eve because he told me that they don't allow pettiness in heaven, which was like a shock for me. <laughs> because I just wanted to pull Eve to the side right over by Gold Avenue and be like, girl, was the fruit even that good? Like. Do you know we've been struggling in childbirth? All we want is a husband down here on earth because you couldn't keep your lips off of one little old fruit. Was it juicy, girl? Was it ripe? (laughs) Did you enjoy it? Because the rest of us have been struggling. And God told me that I can't be petty in heaven. So I've been getting my life together. I've been working on my attitude. And he was like, Sarah, and I was like, yeah. And he was like, here's the thing. This is why you can't be upset with Eve. Cause you're not much better than she is it was rude <laughs> yeah um so I thought wow that that's quite quite interesting that you would say that and he goes how many times have you known better but didn't do better I thought well that's different <laughs> that's different I guess I have to forgive her Because when I look back over my own life, I see all of these times where I knew better, but I didn't do better. And all of this time, I've been accusing Eve as if I live on some type of high horse that allows me to look down on others who should have made a different choice, not realizing that I myself have found myself in positions where I knew better. I knew I should have left the relationship alone. I knew I shouldn't have spent the money, but I did it anyway, and I had to pay the consequences. If you think about it, when Eve came into the world, she had this innocence about her she had never known pain everything was set up in such a way that she only could flourish and the moment that she ate from that fruit it was like a part of her died so I guess God wasn't lying when he said if you eat from the fruit that you will surely die because there was a part of her that she could never access again because she ate from the fruit. I call that casket, that casket that follows us into our relationships, into our worlds, and to our societies and cultures. We're all carrying a casket. We're carrying this moment that forever shifted how we saw the world. We're carrying this moment that forever changed our ability to be innocent and carefree because pain met us, and when pain met us, it changed us. It would be one thing to just have a casket, but Eve has to deal with the issue of carrying a casket and a curse. Yeah, that part of her died And it wasn't enough for it to be dead, but now she's dealing with the curse attached to the casket. Let me make it plain for you, Free Chapel. It's like you end up in a bad relationship, and the bad relationship changes the way you see every other man after that relationship. The relationship was the casket, but your shift in perspective was the curse. The abandonment that we suffer as children that makes it difficult for us to be vulnerable to other people. The abandonment was the casket, but the curse was that we couldn't let anyone else in. Yeah, in a room this size, there's probably thousands of caskets and curses attached to our lives. And so as I have been diving into the story of Eve, I recognize that in many capacities, each of us have an Eve that is attached to our name. I love it because when God gives the curse to Eve and to the serpent, he tells the serpent that he's going to put enmity between the woman and him. And that ultimately he's going to slither around on his belly and he's going to eat dust and he's going to be cursed more than all of the beasts. But he tells him your greatest issue is not going to be that you're on your belly. Your greatest struggle is that there's going to be enmity between you and the woman. How do I know that that was going to be his greatest struggle? Because the word continues in Genesis 3 and 15 and it says that she is going to have her heel bruised by the serpent. But ultimately her heel, her seal would crush his head that's powerful that gives hope in the middle of caskets and curses that there's a cross Yeah, even though she's probably in the most broken moment in her life, the most shame-filled moment in her life, in the middle of those cracks, in the middle of that pain, there was this promise that God inserts that when it's all said and done, it may look like the enemy won this moment, but when everything is said and done, I'm gonna give the woman a seed. And when she produces that seed, it's gonna crush the head of the serpent. So never sleep on a woman who has a casket and a curse because she also has a seed. attached to her name and the enemy's greatest threat is going to be the woman a woman who figures out that the heel couldn't keep her from walking into the next dimension of her destiny the enemy's greatest threat is going to be the fact that that bruised heels still crush serpent's head and that has been the foundation of me seeing women in Eve differently and so when I find this little girl in this text I couldn't help but see her like Eve A little girl who had lost her innocence and who was on her deathbed. And I was studying and when the text continues, I think it's important for us to realize that when her father first meets Jesus, the little girl is not dead yet. That when her father first has an encounter with Jesus, that he says, my daughter is sick. Because you don't just... Turn off. You don't just die. There is this slow fading of your hope. This slow fading of your healing. This slow fading of your purpose. God help me because I know I'm in the right room. When Jairus comes up to Jesus. His daughter is just sick. For the sake of this conversation. I want to submit to you that Jairus and the daughter are one unit. There's one part of Jairus his daughter who is sick but there's another part that's fighting to be healed and it's important for us to realize because if we don't realize that then we will think that there's only one part of us and that's the part of us that's been hurt and that's the part of us that is sick but there's also another part of us that is fighting to be healed where I'm from we call that part like praying grandmothers that there was someone who created an environment for you to register for a conference because they were fighting for your destiny and all they were saying is if you could just get into the room then I could get you to the Savior and if you could get to the Savior then I know for sure you don't have to die where your sickness met you there's always going to be somebody fighting on your behalf whether you can see them or not see them whether you're connected to them or not connected to them God has orchestrated your life in such a way that he has people praying for you who you haven't even met yet. I was praying for you when I was on the airplane. They were praying for you when they put this conference together. Not because they know you, not because they understand every situation you've gone through, but because they know all you need is a revelation from God. And if you receive a revelation from God, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Not even the ones that have been formed in your own mind. There's always going to be somebody fighting for your destiny. And I would just like to take a moment and thank God for the people who fought for me when I couldn't fight for myself the people who saw something in me when I couldn't see it in myself for the people who created environments for me to flourish when I felt like I was dying Joris is fighting for his daughter and when he's fighting for his daughter he has to contend with the fact that Jesus is in great demand And he comes up to Jesus and he says, Jesus, my daughter needs a healing. Can you please come to my house? And the daughter is sick and she goes from sick to dead. She goes from sick to dead. And you know what happened in between her going from sick to dead? Jesus was healing other people. I felt like, wow, this has got to be training ground for what it feels like to be a woman. Because there are so many moments where parts of our dreams and our desires go from just being sick to dead because we were trying to make sure other people were healed. That some of us put our lives on the back burner. And it started off a dream that we would do eventually and now we don't even know if we can even pull it off any longer. Our dreams have gone from sick to dead. I wanted to go back to school, but I had to get the kids through school. So now my dream has gone from sick to dead. I wanted to eventually build my life and buy a house, but I had to help support my mother. So my dream has gone from sick to dead. And so when we meet Jairus in the text, his little girl has gone from sick to dead. And in in the verse, when it begins, there's a man who comes up to Jairus and says, don't worry, the teacher anymore your dream is dead there's always going to be another voice trying to convince you to not go after the healing that you need there's always going to be another voice that tries to convince you that that it's not going to work out the way that you want it to but I came here to prophesy to somebody that that voice that has been haunting you and taunting you and tormenting you. And I and I believe this for somebody. I don't know who you are. That that's not even the voice that you own. That's a generational voice that talks your mother out of some things. And talks your sister out of some things. But I hear God saying that that voice is going to stop talking with you. That when you kill that voice, that it will be the last time it ever takes stage in your life ever again. Come on, Divine Conference. Did you come to be set? on fire or did you come to be entertained because I want to talk to some women who want to kill some things so that their daughters never have to do it again I want to talk to some women who know what it's like to be crying themselves to sleep at night but who have decided these will be the only tears that women cry who are connected to me because when I break this thing off of me it's going to break off of everything connected to me I serve a God who heals restores and redeems and I came here to be a redeemer for everything connected to me You're going to have to turn me up in the microphone because I'm not leaving this stage until they hear me in the lobby. You're going to have to turn me up in the microphone because I'm not leaving until hell gets nervous. I came to set Georgia on fire. I came to do something for God that only he can do. I came to remind you that that little girl is still down on the inside of you and God has kept you here because there is a purpose attached to her name. Turn me up in the microphone. I feel like going to war with the devil. I'm sorry, I tried to be cute. I tried to be dignified. I appreciate the opportunity, but I'm not me unless I go to war with the devil. I came to go to war with your depression. I came to go to war with everything that's going to war with you. I came to prophesy over some dry bones. I came to stir up the gift of God that's down on the inside of you. I'm here for the little girl who lost her dreams. I'm here for the little girl who thought it could never be her Yeah We're silencing the voices No more talking me out of who God has called me to be. No more convincing me that I don't have the power to do it. You're telling me to give up and makes me go stronger. You're telling me to back down and makes me worship even more because I believe in a healer. You can tell me she's dead, that's good. He's got resurrecting power. You can tell me it's over, that's all right because he starts things all over again. He makes all things new. God, I prophesy over every woman who has a voice that haunts her and taunts her and convinces her that she doesn't have it, that that voice is being sent to hell where it came from. God, we just bought a first-class ticket for hell, for every insecurity, for every fear, for every weapon that we formed with our own mistakes and past. We're sending it back where it came from God give her her strength back God give her her purpose back God give her her Creativity back God heal everything that's been broken down on the inside of her so that living water can spring out of her so that it can quench the drought That's been killing the fruits you want to give her There's some women in this room and God just told me you don't even know who you are there's some women in this room that's been praying for change and God's been waiting for you to see you are the change if you would get set on fire your husband would get set on fire if you would get set on fire you could finally get the job if you could start believing that I'm not a man that I didn't come to lie I didn't come to play I'm not impressed with your degrees I'm not impressed with your bank account I'm impressed by your heart I'm impressed by your worship I impressed by how you get down on your knees and get Get down on your face and say, God, if you don't do it, it cannot be done. That's what impresses me. So what I want to know is where the worshipers at in Georgia? Where the worshipers at at Free Chapel? I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. God, I need you like never before. God, it's something that's sick down on the inside of me. And I need it to be healed. I'm tired of making love with the thing that's trying to kill me. God, make me lose the taste out of my mouth so that all I want is righteousness, so that all I want is wholeness. God, help me to forgive. God, help me to release bitterness. Can I prophesy a little bit? I'm off script, but I feel like we got to break through some things before we can get to where God has us. Saturate. I hear the word saturate. I hear the word saturate. That his glory is going to saturate every area of your life. I hear him coming for your children's children's children. I hear him coming for your finances. I hear God saying I'm a saturated. And you've been asking how. I hear God saying you're the gate. If you would open yourself up, I'll saturate everything connected to you. I need a move of God, I need a miracle, I need weight again, because if I don't have weight, I can't be the force that God has called me to be, and so when I find Jairus in the text, he's desperate for weight to come and touch his daughter's sickness and he has to combat the voice of someone telling him don't bother the teacher don't bother Jesus about that it's dead oh god somebody stop praying cuz they thought it was dead they stopped bothering the teacher I was praying for it when I still had hope, when I still saw a way for it to happen. But the moment that I lost sight of how God could do it, I stopped praying. Not realizing that oftentimes God will leave you down to no other option so that you will know it was a miracle when it happens. If God would have kept your dream alive when it was just sick, then you would have thought that it just got cured and maybe it turned the corner. But God let that thing die and sometimes we can be so upset that God let it die that we stop praying for him to bring it back to life that child is in jail so I stopped praying that you could touch him that That part of me, it died. That part of me that thought that I could do anything, it died. When they touched me, it died. When they left me, it died. When I lost the job, that thing is dead. And I stopped praying when it died. And I feel like it's time for some of you to start bothering the teacher again. To not just come to church because it's a good look but to come to church because I'm trying to bother the teacher about something because I refuse to believe that it's really dead. God you didn't give me this child, you didn't give me this vision, you didn't give me this dream, you didn't give me this marriage, you didn't give me this opportunity, you didn't give me this second chance for me to sit back and watch it die. So God I don't care what man says, statistics may count me out, my age may mean something to the world, but I serve a God who is a miracle worker, he is a way maker, I've seen him do it for me time after time after time after time and if it's dead to everybody else that doesn't change my prayer life because I realize that if God killed something it's only because he had something better or because he's going to bring it back to life I hope that really gets down in your spirit in a way that changes the way you see no's. Because when you see a no properly, you don't grieve no's, you celebrate no's. Because you realize I was either thinking too low or you have something better that you wanna give me from a different resource. So I celebrate when I get a no because I'm one step closer to the yes that you have attached to my name. Jara says, nothing. To the servant can I tell you in the text what I love about this is someone came from the ruler's house and said to him your daughter is dead do not trouble the teacher but when Jesus heard it he answered him saying do not be afraid I was wondering when I was reading who Jesus answered because the servant didn't ask a question and Jairus didn't say a word But Jesus knew instantly that Jairus was thinking something on the inside. So before that thought could even come out of his lips, he sent a word to combat the thoughts. Before doubt, before grief, before bitterness, before anger could even escape his lips, God sent a word to combat it. That's so good. Because sometimes we receive words in a moment and we don't think we need it until we're getting ready to release something out of our lips. And that word starts to go to war with our emotions before it can even escape our lips. And I love what Jesus says to Jars. He says, do not be afraid, only believe. Only believe. That seems so simple to me. But I realized that this was divine instruction because only belief suggests that there were other possibilities of what he could do. Sometimes we have to get down to the bare bones of nothing but belief. I can't imagine that if I was Jarrus and I received news that my daughter was dead, that would be easier for me to believe than to believe that she could be made well. Which made me realize that for Jairus, he had more faith that she was gonna die than he had faith that she could be healed. Because sometimes we pray to God for things, but we really have more faith that it won't happen than we do that he will do it. And Jesus says the key to this next level, this isn't just for Jairus, this is for you too. The key to this next level is to stop diluting your prayer requests with fear and doubt and anxiety and insecurity that the next dimension, the next access of what God wants to do in your life, in your marriage, in your career, in your ministry has everything to do with you diluting it down to nothing but belief. I can't have any room for anything other than belief. You know what that means? That means that there may be some people who can't speak into your situation anymore because doubt is contagious and insecurities are contagious and I want to challenge you to get connected with some people who only have room for belief because when cancer calls you need to have some prayer warriors who don't believe in what statistics say but believe that if we get down on our knees that we could can chase cancer away I only have room for belief I'm praying for my child to be saved I'm praying for my marriage I'm praying for my career and I only have room for belief only belief and so my text continues, and, and when we get down to verse 51, Jesus is at the house, and he goes into the house, and he permits for no one to go in except for Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the girl, and they were all weeping and mourning for her, but Jesus says, do not weep, she is not dead, but sleeping, and they ridiculed him. Could you imagine ridiculing Jesus? They ridiculed Jesus and and mocked him and so Jesus ultimately makes everyone leave the room. And when he leaves the room, he looks at the little girl and he says, little girl, arise. This was so powerful to me as I was studying and I believe that this is a, a declaration from heaven. About what God wants to do on the inside of your spirit. Remember when I told you about Eve, who was carrying the casket and the curse of when she found out that life could be all too real and it changed the way she survived? When I saw Jesus in this moment and I was praying and I was asking God, what do you want me to say to the women at Divine Conference? I heard God tell me, just tell them, girl, get up. Girl, you've been down too long. And it's time for you to to get up again. I heard God saying that it's time for you to reach back past where pain met you. To reach back past where you started giving up on who God said you could be. And to grab that little girl who once believed that all things were possible, to grab that little girl who once believed that she literally, literally could do anything as long as God was with her, and to tell her, get up, to tell her that we can't afford to just exist anymore, that God needs the real deal in this season and he can't do it with this half-baked cookie-cutter idea of who you are, that he needs that little girl who was once on fire, who once had so much passion and so much hope for this generation and for this culture that she didn't care when she received a no, that she didn't care when people let her down, that that was just more ammunition for her to dig deeper with God. And I wanted to know in this text, why is it that God told her, or Jesus told her rather, to not tell anyone about the miracle that had taken place only the father and the mother and I realized that this wasn't the miracle that Jesus was doing for the world to see this was a miracle for this family God I feel your presence in this room that if you would allow for that little girl to arise if you would allow her to awaken from her slumber if you would allow her to be cured and healed from the disease of abandonment issue the disease of failure the disease of divorce the disease of insecurity the disease of promiscuity if you would let her receive a touch for Jesus from Jesus that she would come back to life and that this miracle would not be for the world to see but it would be for the people who are closely connected to her to see what am i saying i'm saying that there are people who need to see you awaken that little girl that's down on the Side of you and you may be wondering to yourself why is it that they need to see it it's because that they need to see that he's still doing miracles they need to see that he still has power they need to see your spirit come back to you when he tells the little girl to arise she doesn't just get up the text tells us that her spirit returned to her oh I feel the presence of God on that her spirit returned to her She got her fight back. She got her power back. She got her authority back. She got her vulnerability back. She got her humility back. She got her creativity back. That's a good word for somebody because your daughter needs to see how to get back in the fight after life has knocked you down. Your mother needs to see that addiction can't knock you down. Can I talk to some real people at Free Chapel or are we just gonna play cute? Somebody needs to know that being a woman may not be easy. That we may have to pick up and move on scarred and broken and bruised but bruised tears still crush serpent's head and that when your spirit returns back to you that it is a sign to hell that no weapon formed against you is gonna prosper that when your spirit returns back to you that you wouldn't have to worry about that child because that child would be looking at how God did it for you I hear generations are connected to your spirit coming back is there anybody in this room who says God I just need you to top me off I need to get more of my spirit back. Little girl get up. Girl get your fight back. Girl get your power back. Girl start acting like you are a king's daughter and that there has always been a crown attached to your head. Even when I was sick I was still his. Even when I was dead I was still his. Do you know who I am? I am a child of the most high God and he has kept me alive so that I can be a testimony everyone attacks to me that girl you can get up again girl addiction can't have you girl divorce gotta let you go girl get up girl get up girl get up girl get up again girl depression gotta let you go girl anxiety has to lose its hold girl get up i'm begging for you to get up i'm you to get up my daughter needs to see you get up my sister needs to see you get up my generation needs to see a woman get up again I gotta get up I gotta get up again I gotta get up again I came to Divine conference cuz I need to get up again I didn't even know why I was registered but God you just sent a word and now I know I need to get up again something died on the inside of me but I feel my spirit coming back I feel my power coming back I feel my ideas coming back I feel these dry bones shaking I feel these dry bones coming to life y'all gonna make me act like a church girl in Georgia y'all gonna make me act like a church storefront country girl from West Virginia in Georgia because I came I lay hands on everybody in this room whatever it takes for you to stir up the gift of God that's down on the inside of you I wish I had a few hundred people who were ready to awaken the girl that's down on the inside of them I dare you to meet me at this altar to move away from who you used to be to show hell that I'm coming to the level devil I just got up hell you had to let me go I'm getting up I'm getting up I'm getting in position I'm getting in position I'm tired of crying about it I'm tired of fighting about it I'm getting in position girl you gotta get up I'm getting up for my daughter I'm getting up for my sister I'm getting my community. I'm getting up for my marriage. I gotta get up. I gotta get up I gotta get up I gotta get up Jesus you've been chasing me too long I'm here I surrender I gotta get up I gotta get up bitterness you gotta let me go death you can't have me I gotta get up I gotta find my joy I gotta find my peace I gotta find my spirit again my spirit made me who I am touch me. God overflow. I need your spirit. I'm hungry for it. I'm desperate for it. God top me off. Can I just hear the sound of the women worshiping? Can I just hear the sound of you asking God for more spirit? Can I just hear this sound? Come on, there's nothing more beautiful than women who know how to wail. There's nothing more beautiful than women who know how to worship. Let hell hear you. Let hell hear you let depression hear you let the enemy know let death know the spirit is coming back to me the spirit what spirit the holy spirit the name that is above all names yes when we call on that name things happen that's what i'm calling on jesus i need your spirit jesus i need your power jesus i need your healing You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. You are the Waymaker. You are my healer. I call you excellent. I call you wonderful. I call you magnificent. I call you Jehovah Jireh. I call you Jehovah Nisi. I say you can have control. I say I surrender. I say make a way. I say nothing is off limits. I say God touch me is only you can do. I say God give me power. I say God help me forgive. I say God cleanse me of bitterness. I say help me press towards the mark. That's who you are. That's what you do. There is no one like you. And I just want to be connected again. I just want to know who you are again. On this level. God, you awakened, you awakened a part of your daughters that they weren't even sure was there anymore. God, you awakened a hunger, a thirst, a desire that life told us to give up on. But God, you have reminded us that you still do miracles. It's a miracle for me to even feel this way because I shut that part off of me again. But I'm feeling something I haven't felt in a long time. That's a miracle. And this is just a miracle in seed form because God, I prophesy that they're gonna activate this word in their life. That the moment that that old thinking starts to spring up that you're gonna remind them that you have made all things new. God, I prophesy that you're changing minds. God, I prophesy that you're clearing up vision. God I prophesy that the enemy has been served notice you gotta get out of here you don't have any space any longer I'm getting up and I can't be held back I'm getting up and nothing let it overflow to everything connected to us. I claim it, I receive it, I believe it, and I activate it. In Jesus name I pray. Girl, good morning. Thank you for listening to our daily devotional program. If you like what you have listened, please consider subscribing to our channel so that you will get daily notification. For more Christian references, please visit our website, www.beyondmycross.com. Have a great day and God bless you.